Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast, and my name is Troy Moriello, and I am, as always, your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball, and we have a little bit more of a happy tune for tonight's show, uh, tonight's recap show, because we are recapping an 81-66 victory for the Red Storm over the Blue Jays of Creighton in a game that St. John started off a little bit slow, uh, didn't come out of the gate very hot, and then basically once I turned the game on, uh, they they turned it on as well. I uh, had it close the second, close the first half, sorry, on a nice run, and then really controlled most of the second half after going into the half with a five point lead. Uh, you know, it got a little bit close, but really the final 15 minutes or so, I would say, uh, were controlled by St. John's in what I think was a must win game. You know, I didn't say this publicly, I didn't say it on Twitter, but I think many would agree. With with me that tonight's game was a must win for St. John's when you look at the previous two games having you know lost both in if not heartbreaking really but frustrating fashion two games that should have been wins for different reasons obviously um, you know getting Shamori Pons back when they weren't sure if they were going to get him back getting the offense back on track getting the defense back on track as well and with you know not the toughest uh, schedule coming up but a nice little break coming up as well after this Saturday's game so yes this one in my opinion, was a must-win to kind of right the ship. Um, you know, and, and just going off of years past as well, you can say that I'm being a pessimist, but I don't think that there's any reason not to be pessimistic with this program when we've seen some of these longer losing streaks in you know both the Chris Mullen and the Steve Lavin eras, uh, especially in Big East play. So there was reason for St. John's fans to be worried after two straight Big East losses, but this game at least put some of those worries to bed, at least for now, with a nice 15-point win in a game that, like I said, they really really needed but yeah this should be a little bit different of a show and this should be probably a little bit of a shorter show as well i wasn't able to lock down a guest this week and i wasn't able to admittedly i wasn't able to put as much preparation into this show as i usually do which hey that may not be uh, being a good thing here but um you know just some life got in the way I uh, classes started, graduate classes started back up. That's why I missed the first couple minutes of this game tonight. And uh, yeah, it just works. Been a little bit more busy than usual, so wasn't able to put as much effort, uh, not effort, wasn't able to put as much preparation into this as I would have liked and wasn't able to uh, get a guest to break down the game. So I'm going to probably be a little bit more general, especially because I missed the, uh, the first portion of the game as well. And on that note, I want to just side note real quick. If anyone knows why Fox Sports 1 starts their Big East games at 6.30, please let me know. Please respond to the to the uh, the tweet that I post this, uh, this podcast to because I do not understand it. If anyone knows, please let me know why they start their Big East games at 6.30 and then play a second one at 8.30. I- I'm trying to figure out reasons and I do not get it. You're only doing a doubleheader. If they were doing a tripleheader, maybe it would make sense because you don't want to start, you know, a late game at 11 or 11:15 or 11:30, and you want it to go 6:30, 8:30, and 10:30. But half the time, after the 8:30 game on Fox Sports One, I don't know what what the show is tonight, but half the time it's like a boxing show, like a recap show, or like an NFL film show. It's it's never anything like that they need to have on. So I just do not get it. No one is home from work, or at least I'm never home from work at 6:30 for the start of these games. Uh, if I'm at work, 
And I don't think it, like it's hard for people to get to the arenas first of all at 6:30 as opposed to 7. So I just don't get it. Uh, the the games don't run that long that they need to to move them up. Uh, maybe they want an exclusive window, uh, you know, ahead of basically the ESPN games that start at 7. But I just I, I don't get it. And that's the reason why I missed the first, you know, 15 minutes of this game tonight because I was in class. If it was a 7 o'clock start, it would have helped me out a lot, actually. But, of course, you know, things don't really work in my favor. So if anyone knows why Fox Sports 1 starts their games at 6.30 and has an actual reason as to why they do that, please let me know. So, yeah, no guest. Uh, a little bit more of a general show. Apologies for the rant there, but I had to get that off my chest. So the game, a 15-point win for St. John's, uh, closed the first half out on a nice run, and then, like I said, really controlled the second half. I liked that they were able to close this game out. Um, you know, was it a 10-point lead with seven minutes to go or a nine-point lead with seven minutes to go? Uh, were able to close this one out, didn't give up a lead like we've seen in the past against Seton Hall and Villanova. There was a lot to like it tonight. Um, um, just you know, looking at the stat sheet real quick, Shimori Ponds obviously sticks out. We weren't sure as of this morning, although uh, some of the um, SJUBB Twitter faithful uh, were very confident that Ponds is going to play tonight. We didn't know for sure until you know what an hour before the game, and he looked fine. I guess maybe a little bit slower, especially at the start of the game. I heard he looked a little bit slower, but you know, in the portions that I watched, looked fine. Twenty-two points, eight of seventeen shooting. I think he was the game's high, high uh, leading scorer. He was, and you know, they got nice contrib- contributions out of Mustafa Heron, who they really needed to get back on track. I think a lot of people expected a big game from Heron against DePaul, and he just didn't really show up in that one. And you know, wasn't really was in foul trouble for much of the first half, so didn't really play. And then ends up scoring 18 points in the second half, which is a huge for him going forward to kind of get back on track. And then what more can you say about LJ Figueroa? 16 points, 13 rebounds. I think I said it was his fourth triple-double of the season. He just does it all, and he did it all tonight. Uh, had a really, really good game. Probably had the most underrated game, um, you know, that of all the St. John's players tonight. Really played well. Uh, he had a really big sequence in this game, really, really right at the seven-minute mark, I believe, when he hit a layup. Yeah, he hit a layup here to, to go up by nine. This St. John's went up 62-53. to 53, And then Pond stole the inbounds pass, took the three, which would have blown the roof off if he hit that shot, missed it, but then Figueroa gets the rebound, lays it in to get, put St. John's up 11. Creighton calls a timeout. And then I think on the next possession, uh, it was Alexander, I believe, for Creighton went up to take the shot. Uh, LJ blocks it, and it hits off of uh, Alexander, and it goes back to St. John's. And I, I don't think they were able to capitalize on that possession. But that was just a huge... That was just, I think, LJ Figueroa, the essence of him right there. He had two layups, an offensive rebound, a block shot that ended up changing the possession back to St. John's. That's really LJ Figueroa, in a nutshell, what he's brought to this team. And that was kind of a game-changing sequence because the lead went from 7 to 11, and it really changed the momentum of the game. So LJ... Definitely the uh, the most underrated performance for St. John's tonight. And just looking at the box score, the the first thing that stands out to me, and I'm sure stands out to everyone, is the 35 threes that Creighton took. You know, they hit 11 of them, but it just seems like they were shooting so many threes. And you know, St. John's only took 16 threes. They hit seven of them. Awesome percentage there. Pons only took four. He hit two of them. So a little bit of a different game there for Shimori. But you know, going off of that note. 
Uh, I saw something on Twitter and when I was just, you know, scrolling uh, post game on the St. John's Twitter feed and I apologize. I, I don't remember whose tweet it was. And if, if you listen to the show, feel free to, you know, reach out and I'll give you some credit for that. But, you know, someone said what's missing from what was missing from St. John's offense without Shamori Ponds was the ability to just get so many easy baskets. You know, how many times a game, and I agree with that so much, you know, how many times a game do we see Shamori Ponds getting that easy layup, you know, righty or lefty, just getting to the basket so easily and getting such an easy two points because he rarely misses those layups, uh, you know, that close. There's such high percentage shots for him. And against DePaul, that was obviously missing from the offense. And you saw it tonight uh, with, you know, how many easy baskets he had tonight as well. But, you know, Pond's not being there against DePaul doesn't excuse that defensive effort. Uh, They got bullied against DePaul down low. You know, DePaul threw the ball in, and DePaul knew that St. John's big big guys were not really big guys, but they knew that St. John's couldn't stop their front court, and that's why St. John's lost that game, obviously, among other things, was their inability to stop the ball when it got into the paint. But I really do think that the, that uh, St. John's did a much better job tonight of just playing defense in their front court and playing defense in the paint tonight. Um, you know, not really getting killed. They obviously gave up. I don't know. They only gave up seven offensive rebounds tonight. So a much better job. You know, it was really night and day. Uh, on the defensive end from that DePaul game. They held Creighton, who leads the Big East in scoring, I believe, to just 66 points offensively. They really limited their big guys, and part of that was Creighton, you know, not really attacking the basket. I know Len Elmore said on the broadcast that, um, you know, he was kind of kind of surprised that Creighton was settling for so many jump shots, and that's something that you really shouldn't be doing against St. John's, uh, settling for jumpers when you can attack them and go to the basket against them. Um, but yeah, you know, that's going to be the type of defensive intensity that St. John's going to have to show because the Big East obviously knows their weaknesses. You know, everyone in the Big East knows everyone, and these teams know that you can, for the most part, attack St. John's. So they need to take it away, and they need to have uh, more performances like this one, where they are keeping teams out of the paint, doing better on the off or on the yeah, doing better on the offensive glass, just doing better on the glass in general. They out rebound and creating forty two to thirty one tonight. So you know, those are the type of things that St. John's going to do need to do if they want to keep winning games in the Big East. But just to close out our recap of this one before we go ahead and look ahead to the rest of the schedule, um, you know, I like that the bench opened up a little bit as well. Uh, C.D. Kata and Brian Trimble both got 14 minutes, which is good to see, although Trimble didn't score and didn't take a shot for, I think, the first time this season. And then the rest of the bench, uh, Greg Williams and uh, Josh Roberts and uh, Erlington, they just kind of got in in what was basically garbage time there at the end of the game. But um, good to see them in the court as well. I think I'm assuming that Chris Mullen understands that his team will have seven full days off now going from the Butler to the Georgetown game on the 27th. And that will obviously be huge for a team that really only plays, you know, six and a half, seven guys in their rotation, in their regular rotation with Dixon now gone. Um, and it'll obviously help uh, Shimori Pons is ailing back as well to get him a full week of rest before their next game as well. So, you know, this long break really couldn't have come at a better time for St. John's. But now, in my opinion, this game at Butler at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday 
becomes the new most important game of the season. And I know we've said that pretty much, I think, four or five times already this season, but this one now becomes the most important one, in my opinion, with how tight the Big East is, with how, you know, there's very little separation. Obviously, Villanova and Marquette have kind of jumped out ahead, but basically with everyone else, there's not a whole lot of separation in there, and teams are really trying to make a name for themselves. Every game now becomes the most important game, but this one becomes the most important game, in my opinion, because it's a chance for St. John's to get back to what they did early in the season, which was building on wins and building momentum. You know, we saw it happen in the Big East when they beat Marquette and they built on that momentum and they won against Georgetown. And then obviously that Georgetown win now looks a lot less significant to me because they went out and they lost to Villanova in the game that they should have won and they played a clunker against DePaul. So this is a chance now. And obviously you can't compare Big East opponents to St. John's non-conference opponents. But at the same time, it's just nice to see this team try and get their swagger back, try and get their mojo back that they had after that 12-0 start and that 14-1 start where they were building on wins. So that's why Butler becomes so important for me. A clunker in that game would really, really damage this team, I think, in my opinion. And they have, you know, late clunkers in uh, in Butler in the past, most recently last season. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope that this team gets back to now building on wins. And then obviously with a home game against Georgetown coming up after that, not looking too far ahead, but there is a chance now to build some momentum going into a very, very tough stretch at Creighton, at Duke, at Marquette, three straight games, three straight tough places to play, obviously, and two of the uh, two teams in the top 15. So it'd be nice now to build some momentum going into that stretch and build on with these next two games coming up. So that wraps up our show for the evening. Um, thank you for sticking with me if you did for the last 15 or so minutes and uh, just listening to me talk tonight my apologies again for not being able to lock down a guest for the first time in a while actually uh, no guest on this show like I said a little bit of a hectic week or not hectic a little bit of a busy week or a busier week for me than usual so uh, my apologies and you know thank you in advance for understanding but yeah ne- our next show whether it's over the weekend or next week uh, we'll certainly have a guest um, thinking about doing a show over the weekend to recap Butler but if not I will do kind of a dual episode earlier in the week where I recap Butler and break down the Georgetown game next weekend as well but either way you guys will know you will definitely know if you're subscribed to the show if you're not uh, get on iTunes and subscribe or I think you can subscribe on SoundCloud as well be sure to do that Tell a friend if they're a St. John's fan and they're not listening to this show, subscribe, get on the train, get on the hype train. Uh, we're rolling. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a happy week- weekend. Hope everyone enjoys themselves. And hopefully a win over Butler in Indianapolis is the exclamation point to a weekend for everyone. But tonight we are happy because it is an 81-66 to win for St. John's over Creighton. And that wraps up our show on this night so thank you guys for listening i will talk to you guys next week let's go john